Welcome to the Shoot in the Cube podcast, the podcast that's hotter than your competition cooker and your first wife. We'll be talking barbecue and more with one of the top pitmasters in the game. Get ready for juicy tips, saucy tricks, and sizzling stories that'll leave you hungry for more. Let's start shooting the cube. Here's your host, Heath Riles. How's it going, everybody? Today, we are joined, of course, by my lovely wife, Candace, and the judges cheer for Memphis in May, Mr. Brandon O'Gwen. How are you doing today? Doing good, man. How about yourself? Well, you know, I've had better days and I've had worse, so I'm just going to ride it out. Let me say that. Hey, ain't that the truth, right? <laughs> well, good to see you, Candace. How you are too. you? I'm good. I'm good. Tell everybody a little about, about who you are and what you do for Memphis in May. Okay. Uh, who I am, that's that's a loaded question. <laughs> Uh, no, my name is Brandon O'Gwen. Uh, I've been working with Memphis and May for the past 10 years now. Uh, either my wife, Michelle, and I have been the chair for the last six, seven, eight years now. It's, it's going on. It all runs together. They're, they're a big blur. Uh, we've been doing it a while. Uh, before that, I uh, never really was into it. I just kind of looked into it one day. I got a, a seasonal job working for Memphis and May, and uh, – Got sent down to the judge's tent, met my wife there, Michelle, and uh, next thing I know, uh, she's like, hey, what, what do you think about doing this? And uh, here I am 10 years <laughs> later cooking barbecue <laughs> and wow. running the contest. I kind of know what that's like it's a fun, little bit. It's funny, right? Uh, you know, uh, so that, that's kind of how it worked out. She had been into it for a couple of years and was volunteering there, and then um, I met her that year, and uh, we hit it off, and then uh, we all just loved to cook, and want to make sure that we uh, put on a good contest. So, Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, tell everybody that don't know kind of about Memphis and May in a nutshell, what it is and how it happens on the barbecue side anyway. Yeah, well, Memphis and May is a uh, it's the month-long festival. There is a, a beautiful mission statement, which I do not remember all of it, but uh, the gist of it is, is it's an organization, a nonprofit, uh, that's created to celebrate the history and the legacy of the city of Memphis and uh, all of the culture that we share with the world. Uh, and in turn, we honor a country every year, and they share their culture with us. This year it's Malaysia. Uh, we've, you know, picked countries from all over the globe. Some years I think we just take and throw a dart at the map and pick one, and then, uh, like, if they're willing to participate, we'll, we'll, we'll share a culture exchange with them. Uh, originally, it started out as a barbecue contest, though, in the uh, parking lot next to the Orpheum there where they're building that uh, new parking garage downtown, just like one of the other millions of parking garages they're building downtown. Uh, and, and it was, uh, I think, oh, God, I don't even think it was like 10 teams maybe, something like 10 that. 10 or 12 maybe. Yeah, and then uh, Miss uh, Kathy won it, uh, B- Bessie Lou. She was our first uh, grand champion, and then uh, it's just grown and grown from there. And uh, now we're the, uh, and as I've always been, we're the World Championship Barbecue Cooking Contest. How many years has, has the contest been going on again now? This makes the. Okay, so I'm really bad at math, but we started in 1977. Then right. uh, we're down one year for uh, COVID. COVID, which that you know uh, didn't happen. But aside of that, we've been going every year since 1977. So, so we're about 43 years then. Yeah, yeah, give or give or take, maybe 40. You were see. born in 78. All right, so 43. Yeah, 42. <laughs> well, it just depends, I guess. May, yeah, maybe, maybe 45, give or take one. I don't know, right? Yeah, yes. 45. That whatever. Right. 44. 44. So we, we've been around a long time, man. Uh, yeah. And 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 as we say, it's uh, or as they told us in USA Today, it's the most prestigious barbecue competition in the world. We're not necessarily the largest or or this or that or the other, but we have been around the longest, I think, perhaps. And uh, well, we focus on putting on uh, a, a true world championship contest every year, and uh, we 
bring the best pit masters from all over the world. We're, you know, we're truly a worldwide contest. Well, well, tell me as far as the barbecue goes, tell all the listeners how it actually works. And so just for the people who don't know, you can only cook one category and there's three main categories, which is whole hog, whole pork shoulder and ribs. And it's just about all baby back ribs, I'm assuming. Do you see any spare ribs turned in whatsoever, St. Louis-style ribs? I have seen a few. Um, I can't remember where they placed, to be honest with you, because, like I said, what I see uh, when they're on the judging tables, it's blind. I have no idea if it's your rib or or somebody from St. Louis's rib. I have no idea. Um, We typically lean towards baby backs. Um, I think that's probably more of a judge's preference than anything else, you know. I like to eat spare ribs a lot, but uh, around here, competition, we're going to cook baby bags, you know. That's right. So how does the judging actually work at Memphis in May, I guess is what I'm I'm asking you to describe. So tell us about the on-site versus, um, you know, the blind area and everything of how all that actually comes together and works. Okay, sure. Uh, So the way we operate our contest, we we have uh, two sides of it. We have a blind box, which if uh, you guys are familiar with KCBS or a lot of the other sanctioned bodies, you turn in a blind box with your pork in it. Uh, they judge it. No one knows whose it is. Uh, and then that's your score for the day. Well, on top of that, uh, we do on-site judging. So what we do is we send three judges to your booth, uh, one at a time. Uh, you get to keep them for 10 minutes minimum, 15 minutes maximum, and you get to give them a presentation uh, telling everyone, uh, tell them everything from start to finish, how you started your team, where you came from, you know, how you got your meat from raw to this, why you, you know, why you like, you know, pecan wood over cherry or apple or, you know, whatever it is, you get to tell your story. That's what sets us apart. We're the only contest that I'm aware of that still does any kind of on-site presentations. Uh, and as a cook, I think it's a great place to sell your product to someone, uh, you know, right face to face. I, I, I think that gives you a big advantage because when you just turn in a blind box, you don't you don't get to sell your product. It's got to speak for itself. That's right. Um, I think that's kind of what makes our contest interesting. Um, and and it's uh, you know it's not all of your score. It's it's a combination of the two, and and there's a, a percentage that the on site counts and a percentage that the blind counts. Now, what kind of do you mind sharing those percentages? Like, is it 60-40, 70-30, 50-50? Yeah, I, I'm not exactly allowed to disclose all of the weighting of the contest. That's uh, proprietary information. To be honest with you, the only people that knows it is uh, the guy who programmed the contest and uh, Mips and May. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't realize it, yeah. got, it got down to that science, well, so, but I knew y'all had a lot of, uh, yeah, well, lot there, of rules to keep it. There is. There, there's weighting factors which yeah. go on to your each of your scores, your taste, texture, tenderness. Uh, you know, all that stuff. Um, and each of those has a very specific weight, which I absolutely do not know the numbers for that <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's typically weighted to where, you know, appearance is one of the lower ones. You know, taste is usually our number one tiebreaker, so on and so on. It's pretty much the same as everywhere else for their tiebreakers, you know. Yeah. It, it comes down to what it tastes like is what we're really looking for anyway. Well, how many judges does it take to – to judge the world championship gotcha yeah this year we we're down a few uh but i think we're sitting at 268 this year about about 260 so you know it's typically uh you know three judges a team pretty much is what it boils down to so if 
there's 100 teams. We got 300 judges, usually, what it boils down to. So, so does a lot of the judges judge on site? Uh, that judges on site, do they judge in the blind as well, or do y'all try to keep them separated or use them to different areas? Well, typically, uh, on, a, on a normal year where we have our full complement of teams, judges are usually going to do a blind and an on site. Um, we try to never give anybody two on sites because you know how much you feed those guys when they come to your yeah. booths. You're, you're, you're trying to feed them and feed them and feed them. So, uh, you know, we don't want any judge too full or anything either. That's so we, we try not to let them over judge for the day because I think a full judge isn't quite necessarily an accurate judge. Um, I agree, and I'll tell last you a little year. story. I know what you're about <laughs> to say, right? Yeah. You know, my first two judges last year ate the full slabs. They Both really of did. them. <laughs> I had to. Tell, I gotta laugh at that. <laughs> I had to tell the first judge. Now we cut them down. They're small slabs, sure. you know. I think they were eleven, twelve bones somewhere up in there, um, and and about three and three quarter inches wide is how I trim my ribs. And um, the first judge, I had to tell him, "Hey, man, the second judge is at the gate, and if he didn't come out of the other booth, we're, we were in the sixteen minutes, and I finally had to be like, you got to go.'" But he was licking his fingers on the way out the gate, so I have no complaints. Yeah, you know, as a cook, you wouldn't, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't. And me as an organizer, I'm going, he's not supposed to do that. Please go to the next booth. Yeah. Oh, he oh, went. Only he two was or lucky. Three. He yeah. had only had to go four booths down. Oh, so yeah. I think that's what it was. He was in the same row. He didn't have to go much, which was very lucky. Uh, but yeah, I, I know how that can hang up. I've been on the receiving end of, of oh. the second judge not showing up or being able to seat him on time. And you know, you're trying to stage those ribs to not burn them up, but you still want them to be warm, and you're trying to get them back on that pit for glazing. And all those minutes counting, people don't realize that when somebody's late, it starts stacking up on you. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, I try to tell even the teams in the cooks meeting, I was like, guys, it's on you to be on time because it's just as much on y'all than it is on us because if you keep them 20 minutes, you're just as guilty as them for sitting there for 20 minutes, right? But Five minutes late can turns into an hour late for announcing yeah. things, uh, you know, us getting awards on time. I mean, all that stuff really does make a difference. That That's our biggest thing you'll hear me harp about the entire time is being on time. I'd rather them have them sitting out in front of your booth five minutes early, uh, you know, for the first judge than, you know, running and being there just as soon as they're supposed to be there. I, I, I That doesn't work well, you know, because – you know, like you said, minutes matter, and, and especially with ribs. I mean, if your judge is 15, 20 minutes late, you know, that slab that you was ready to serve them, it might not be what you wanted to serve them anymore. That's exactly right. And, you know, that brings up a good point, I guess. So for every five minutes a judge is behind, it's going to barrel roll downhill. Yep. And by the time it gets to awards, it's about 45 minutes to an hour off. Yeah. Because it, 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 it throws every step off exactly, along the yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. One one judge can ruin the entire contest for being late, you know. And, and it, it's, it's – so think about it. We're keeping up with, you know, 79 rib judges this year all at once. They all have to be where they're supposed to be. And then they all have to get back and give me those scorecards within a reasonable amount of time. They can't hang out and think about it for very long afterwards. They got to get back to the tent and get me those cards because if I don't get them and start keying them, because I got to key all those cards, which we have three cards for every judge that comes in. So when you look at it, like over the whole weekend, I think we're going to key like 1,100 scorecards this year, 1,100, 1,200 scorecards. And that's that's down, you know. So each one of those scorecards, if we're – Going fast takes about 15, 20 seconds to key. If we're slowed down, they take 40 seconds to key. We're 
we're late again. So it, it's it's a very delicate balance for us to pull this off and get it on time. <laughs> I guess I never really realized that. I mean, to be honest, I never put all that together, but all that makes a lot of sense, the way that rolls down. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people really – you know, they know in depth, right. They know how it works. They go, Oh, I know I'm going to get my three judges. I know this and that and the other, I know how scoring is supposed to work. I know how this works, but you don't think about, like I said, one minute late here, five minutes late here, or if my, you know, the people keying the scores are slow or something happens, or we have any sort of incident whatsoever, we have a weather delay or anything, God forbid happens down there. You know, yeah, we don't want any lightning strikes when oh, this turn in. Oh, I swear, within three miles, y'all know what's going to happen, okay? I know. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you all that right now. Well, you know, back you told us how many on-site judges, or was that total judges? That's, yeah, that's total judges. So we split it up. So you know, for, for on-site judges, there's it's, you know, 79 teams, we have 79 judges. So how many, I guess, tables will be in the blind area then? I guess it depends on what category. Of course, y'all run yeah. six uh, entries per table. Yeah, it would be six max per table. Uh, the, some of them might be five. Right, some of them might be five. We won't typically have a table with anything less than four. Uh, you know, it's just it's all on how the math works out. It tries to split it up. Um so it, it most of the tables will have six, and then it trends to five until it evens out and gets done. So if you if you want to do math, just take our number and divide by six, and and then when you get that, and just take the leftovers till you make more tables. If it's ten left over out of that, you just put it in two fives, yep. basically. Exactly. Makes, exactly. It, makes yeah. a lot and, of sense. And what's the process for becoming a judge? They they do have to go to training course and yep. that type of thing. They can't just sign up and say, "Hey, I'm going to be a judge." No, a lot of them think when they're signing up to volunteer for me, they're getting. To judge that that's a very uh, <laughs> it's a misnomer I always tell them just because it says judging that don't mean you're eating you're you're making them eat <laughs> uh no but to be a judge for Memphis in May you have to go to our class which we put on in uh November every year um I think I mean, you did it for us I did year, I cooked right? for the judging class this yeah, year I was about to say I, I thought I got you down there last year yeah we try to give it to our local teams around here typically uh you know to come in and give a little sample presentation we give them a full breakdown of of, of what's to be judged judged um you know of course we can't teach them flavor profile that's the, the the joys of having judges from all over the world uh but we try to explain to them what we look for as far as you know whole hog shoulder yeah. uh you know uh what should be in a box what shouldn't be in a box we try to show them some good blind boxes give them a presentation so they can hear someone tell them about barbecue because you know, it's a lot for someone who's never judged before, especially. And, and you have a good mix, I feel like. A lot of the judges are have been around for a while. Oh, yeah. And then you do, of course, have your new people that, that want to learn, want to be a part of yeah. it. So, You know, we're always glad to, you know, have a judging class and bring our new ones yeah. in every year because, you know, that's the continuation of this thing that we all love. That's what, right. you know, that's what keeps this thing going is, is fresh new judges every year. Things like that. I know a lot of teams hate to see a new judge or this or that or the I other. I can train a new judge. You can't train them old ones. Right. You know, <laughs> um, but I think we do try to get a good mix. Uh, we've got a really huge pool of judges that we, you know, pull from. You know, we have some that can't make it every year. We have some that do. I, I feel like this year we've got a pretty good mix of, of experienced judges and, and, and newer ones. Yeah. We've got, you know, guys that have been judging with us since the 80s. You know, and then I've got guys that this is their first year and they're asking all kinds of questions already. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just as excited to talk to either one of them, you know. Uh, That's cool. 
It, it's a fun thing, man. You know, yeah. you get to meet everybody when you do what I do, <laughs> and it's, it's uh, true. Well, well, you know, how many, um, how are the judges routed to your on-site teams and all that? Is that do y'all have to do all that weeks in advance? I'm assuming because there's so many entries and all that. Yeah. So our computer kind of does it. We have to coax it into uh, what we need it to do. So we have to group the park up into zones. Um, so we try to set zones of about 20 to 30 teams based on, you know, location within the park, that sort of thing. Uh, that way the judge isn't walking from the north end of the park to the south end of the park back to the north end. It's really just to eliminate lost judges. You know, it's going to randomize it within those teams anyway because really all I want is, you know, th- you know, a judge to show up at three teams and it to go right and, you know, th- it to be fair and, and – be on time right i mean so that it doesn't really matter much to me who they judge or, or what i just want it to be random and that's what it truly is it's got a seriously complicated computer algorithm that uh i can personally tell you has taken them many years to get right because <laughs> wow. we used to route it by hand we did all the routing by hand for years and years uh and over the past three four years now we've been the computers handled all the routing so that removes any favoritism. So if someone says, oh, Brandon, you're the one who, who made me lose because you sent such and such. No, I didn't. The computer <laughs> did. <laughs> if I can remove that stuff like that out of the equation, it's better for me. It looks, yeah. you know, it's, it it's, takes human error out of right. it, and it, it gives no assumption to anybody that anybody's helping anybody out, which right. is great in my opinion anytime you can do stuff like that because you're always going to have these people out here that, that say negative things or post negative things. At the end of the day, the cream of the crop always rises to the top. It does not matter what organization you cook in or what athlete you are in what sport. The yep. cream of the crop rises to the top. It, Shit floats. That's right. And, and it's like that every year. You know, I have people come up to me at the end of the year every year, and they're like, oh, my God, man, why are my scores so bad? And, and what did I do? And I'm like, well, I don't know what you did. I can't tell you what you did, but you, maybe you need to look at it, you know. I'm going to guess that probably 80 to 85, maybe I'd even go 90% of the teams cooking that contest, I bet, does not understand how to dissect that score sheet to tell them what they did wrong. No, and honestly, I think that is something, um, if you're a team and you're not trained to be a judge, you're doing yourself a disservice as a competition cook. I agree. Because I don't think that you really understand what they're doing. I mean, you know, there's only so much you can discern from it, you know, if you don't get a comment card like on KCBS or NBN or something, you, you don't yeah. really know. But if all your texture scores are, you know, nines, eights, you know. Tells me tenderness was off. Tells you your tenderness is off. One you, way or the other. Right. Too and, tender and not too much. Right. And and if you can't figure that out, you know, get some one of your buddies to take a look at it. You know, mm-hmm. cook your ribs for, your, for another competition team. Let them taste them. Let them be honest with you. You know, I mean, I – you're never going to learn and get better unless you do. And I, I really think go take a judging class. Go judge a contest or two. I, I mean, we tell that advice to I don't know how many people until you really understand how to read that score sheet you're cooking. I mean, nowadays, it's too many people that offer classes and advice online and everything else. Just figure out something that way. Don't go keep wasting your money because yeah. nine times out of ten, it's a tenderness problem. Yeah, well, yeah. It's not a taste problem. It's a tenderness problem. They're either not cooking it enough or either – you know, overcooking it really bad. I yeah. mean, and at least that's the way we really feel about ribs. I can just about tell you, I mean, we had it happen last week. I didn't read the score sheet. I got five nines in tenderness. And I knew when we turned them in, 
that those ribs were going to get tight. And, of course, she didn't lie to me. When we got it, everybody was like, what do you think? And I'm like, well, the judges would have done their job. They didn't lie. Right. I mean, you, they knew it. You knew where you were going to end up that day when you turned your box in. Yeah, I knew I wasn't going to be in the hunt. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think a lot of people are unrealistic about their expectations, you know, with that kind of thing. And, and, and especially at a contest like, you know, South Haven's a huge contest. Memphis in May is, a, is an extremely large contest. You know, the, the Royal, all of these contests are huge. If you're in the top, you know, if you can see your name on the first page, I call that a victory. You know, I mean, that's right. It, 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 it's not easy to, you know, to land in the top at any of these contests. And, and if you're lucky enough to do it consistently, you've obviously got something figured out. And if not, you know, keep, keep firing at it. It's going to happen eventually. Now, do you guys keep a buffer of judges in case some don't show up on the day of or some has to drop out or some get sick like you was talking about yeah. or anything like that? Uh, well, we always have enough judges to, you know, judge the contest. You know, typically, you know, th there is a no-show rate. Uh, you know, we, we probably have 15% at least or so that won't show up for random things. You know, I mean, life happens. You know, it is just a barbecue contest after all. You know, your kid's graduation is more important sometimes, you know, this, that, and the other. You I know. got lucky. Right. See, you you dodged the bullet. I know some of our other friends that did not dodge the bullet. You know, I, I will say that throughout so many years, talking about graduation, getting off subject here, I always said when it's time for my son to graduate, I sure hope it's not on Memphis in May weekend. I sure hope. And when I enrolled him in private school, my wife can tell you that was one of the first things I asked when I sat down at the desk was, when is y'all's graduation day? And that's probably not something they're used to asking. No, and they were like, why? And I was like, well, Memphis May, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm just asking. I need to know what time frame here and all this kind of stuff, you know. And um, and it happens to be the weekend before, so I got, I'm got i getting lucky this right, year. Right, you got, you got lucky. But, you know, I have judges who, who, who last year they were like, listen, I'm going to be late on Saturday. You know, I'm going to be there, but my kid's graduating at 10 in the morning. I was like, dude, yeah. it's okay. Just, you know, put your name on the list. I'll, I'll put you on a category. Was you uh, there the year you may have not have been when Myron's, I think, daughter graduated, his stepdaughter, half-daughter uh, graduated? He flew home, and that was when Nick and uh, – what was the other gentleman's name was cooking with him? Started with a D. Um, I can't remember his name. Not Doobie. Uh, Darby, maybe? I can't remember the older gentleman's name, but – they turned it in, and Myron left, and they made finals. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that, though. Uh, that was kind of he, – he, maybe he left and got everything prepped, and he flew out on Friday and flew back in early on a red-eye Saturday morning for the contest. It was something, and they made finals. It was something to that mix, but I cannot remember. Yeah, you know, but, man, life happens, you know. And like I said, I mean, even a guy like Myron, he's got to run off and, and handle his family business. Family know? first. That's right. I mean, you know – if, if something happens to my kid, I hate to break it to y'all, but I'm going to leave too, you know. Yeah, you got to go to graduation. You know, I, luckily I got a few years to wait on that. You know, my youngest is, is uh, eight, so I, I don't have to worry about that yet. But his second grade program was Tuesday. Thank God it wasn't Friday this year. That's all I got to say. So. Well, you know how that is. Yeah, you know, I, that's most people aren't used to going to their kid's school and going, now, when do you have this? Because we have a barbecue. And they're like, what? <laughs> Oh, yeah. This is Memphis. We take this seriously. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, talking about the judges sometimes having to show up late or come in late or whatever, what is y'all's process of selecting finals judges? Because finals don't start till you said about 2 o'clock on average, right? Yeah, two, yeah, two thirty. yeah. We say approximately 2. That's give or take. You know, that's, that's where we try to give you, you know. Plenty of time to get you noticed. That way you know to shoot for 2 o'clock for, you know, rib finals to start. 
the way we pick finals judges, you have to have been with us for at least 10 years as a judge at Memphis in May. We, we just don't think it's fair to put a brand new judge judging that particular thing. Um, aside of that, there's really no other requirements. I just like you to have some time. I like to know that you're a good judge. If we've ever had any issues with you, you're probably not on the short list. Um, uh, aside of that, we try to pick uh, a, a true cross section. So we try to get a couple of ladies. We try to get a couple of gentlemen to do it. Uh, and we try to get people from all over the place. I try to pull at least two or three that aren't from Memphis. And then we always try to keep a Memphian on because, once again, it's Memphis. We, we got to have a Memphis person on there. Um, but, we, you know, we, we try to mix it up a little bit. Um, I, I've had final judges from all over the world. I mean, <laughs> Well, that's I didn't realize that you – you know, that's pretty cool, in my opinion, if y'all try to keep it to the seasoned judges yeah. and talking about from all over. And I guess that leads me into my next question. How many international teams do we have cooking this year at Memphis in May? Okay, this year I want to say we have four, I think, four four to five this year, uh, which we're, we're back going again from, you know, we you know, thanks COVID, but we, we lost our international guys yeah. for a few years. And I, I know we finally got uh, – couple of my really good friends are Australian judges. They're coming back this year. They haven't been able to get out of Australia for a couple of years. They're they're so happy to be back this year, you know. I think that um, – what's the gentleman, Toby, that they won like third place whole hog, second place whole hog? British, uh, British Bulldogs. Yeah, the British Bulldogs. Yep. Are they cooking this year, yep, right? The, yeah, they're back. They're back this year. Um, we've got, uh, I believe, Rusty Smoke out of Canada's back this year again. He did real well last year. He's top five hog. Um uh, I think we've got uh, the Mexico barbecue team will be back uh-huh. again. Those guys are uh, – they know how to party, man. They, <laughs> they do. They, they always come see me every year. What do we need to do? And, you know, I mix them up sauce, and I've given them rub, and I've given them injection, and I've given them the, my bag of tricks, you know, a little finishing dust and this and that. And I remember one year we didn't make finals, you know, and they – I was cooking shoulder, and they were cooking rib. And uh, they run in the trailer and said, we're out of sauce. We made finals. Make me up some more sauce. We need sauce. I'm like, all right, go out of the trailer. <laughs> go out of the trailer. Yeah, you, Let me make you, this up. You can't see this. It's yeah, okay. You can't see this. <laughs> can't see this ratio. I'm not dealing with the recipe. Yeah, no, but those guys are back. I, you know, they, uh, they're excited to be back, too. You know, it's, uh, I'm glad to see the international teams and judges back. We've got uh, judges that come in every year. We've got a guy that's been coming from Holland, I think, for the last – Eight or nine years. We've got a couple guys from England every year that come over. Uh, like I said, we've got some Australians that are coming back this year. We haven't had them in a few years. we got a couple Canadians. I, I've had a Canadian finals judge before. He's a, a really great judge. I, you know, I wish he'd come back. Come on back, Dave, anytime. <laughs> hey, Dave, you're talking about Dave Carr, right? Yep. Dave, yeah. Carr, Dave yeah. Carr is a great guy, actually. Yep. He, he used to uh, come to Murfreesboro every year and yep. judge because, you yep. know, closer to Canada. Yep. And he always done that, and and we used to love sitting down and talking with Dave and and stuff. And now that you say that, I've not seen him on the internet as much or on Facebook and yeah, I'm not and everything. I, I hadn't kept up with him over the last couple of years. Of course, okay. we've been swamped. But uh, if you're out there, Dave, reach out to us, man. <laughs> yeah, please, Dave. I'd like to hear from you. I, I, you know what? I've not thought about him in years. I'm I'm glad. Yeah, I, I'm gonna reach out to him now that you've said that. <laughs> I am. Well, there we go. What uh what is the breakdown of teams this year cooking with like categories wise? You said yeah. we had seventy nine ribs now. Yeah, seventy nine ribs. We've added a couple a couple of teams have uh, flip flopped around. You know, due to our uh, park uh, limitations this year, uh, we got thirty four uh, hogs this year and thirty seven shoulders. 
So you know, we're not down a whole lot on our hog category from where we have been yeah. previously, and and honestly, shoulders only down a few teams too. Yeah, what's it usually around 42, yeah, 43, yeah. 44, something yeah, like that. Yeah, give or take. You know, we're we're low 40s typically. I don't I don't think we've been up to 50 in, you know. It's been a while. It's been a while, it? yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, ribs took the biggest hit this year as far as, you know, teams that we've, you know, couldn't allow in this year. And That is an unfortunate situation. I mean, we could go on and talk yeah. about that forever. But instead of, you know, being a Debbie Downer, I'm going to say – Things happen, and uh, it's just part of the process. And maybe next year they'll figure something out for yep. a, a bigger uh, a field. Yeah, I hope I, that it will I, be back to more of a normal setting. I, I, we are already looking at ways to get more teams in the park. We've uh, this has been something that has been a discussion since we've um, found out about this. So we we are working to get more teams in. I, we have never had to turn teams away like that before, and it, it was not easy on the organization. Uh, to have to do that, I'm glad I didn't play any part in that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to be the hatchet man. And uh, well, I'm sure a lot of, didn't have to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure so many teams or so many people, you know, seen so much on the news about you know the park being renovated and this and that. And it's just, you know, the park did need some type of renovation. We all know it. It, it was time for for some renovations down there. Yeah. Man. Well, you know, look, I, there, there's nothing wrong with having a beautiful park. There's nothing wrong with you know upkeeping the, the the front the front door of the city whatever you want to call it I you know That's I, right. I, I'm all about that I like I said I, I do Memphis in May because I love Memphis you know I, this is that's my hometown That's right I support it everywhere I go you know I, I, nobody's allowed to talk crap about it but me and people I know that are from Memphis <laughs> you know that's just what it is but you know the what's happened down to Tom Lee Park is uh, it, it's it's not great for everybody, you know, for the barbecue teams. I, I really hate it. Uh, you know, I would love to have every team that we've had the past few years in the park. It's, I, I would love to, and hopefully next year we'll get a few more in. Um, well, like you said, I mean, everything happens for a reason. And maybe by next year when all the construction is really a hundred percent said and done and they can figure out, Hey, we can put, you know, 40 more teams on the street out here and they're yeah. only going to get a 20 by 40 spot. And you know, that's yeah. it. And, I mean, I, I think that's what it's coming to is limitations on both sizes because that's yeah. how you fit more teams in. And, and I know that's probably a thing, but, man, it is what it is. You've got a, a X amount of space, and yeah. this is what you get. If you don't want it, you don't have to cook it. It's completely up to you. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's kind of the thing, that, you know, with it. We have a footprint, and, and we can't physically just put – Can't keep stretching the grass. Yeah, like we just can't put yeah. nothing – you know, the river's out there on the west. We, we we can't go that way, and the bluff's on the east, so you can't go up, you know. So, so nobody can build a pier out on there? Yeah, no, they won't let us do that. I think the Corps engineers would frown upon that. But, yeah, they uh, – it, it's tough this year to, to yeah. have to, you know, deal with it. But, honestly, I think that, you know, I did a park tour a couple weeks ago. I think as long as the weather holds up and it doesn't get you know too trampled down from Music Fest, it's really a pretty park. It's it's really nice. I, I mean, haven't seen it at all. It, I, I've seen some pictures on the news like at five thirty well, in the morning. Like it, and it looked really good. You know, like I said, the the walkthrough that I did with the park, we went through with Memphis and May and everybody. We were trying to get some of our plans together. The park looked beautiful. I mean, yeah. the landscape's great. All the stuff's nice. It's, it's nothing wrong with any of it. You know, yeah. uh, there there's millions of other things and questions and statements that could go on past that. But it's a nice looking park. You know. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Well, you know, back in talking about the judging, you know, last year was it last year or year before? Y'all changed it up, and you started doing rib before as the first category tourney. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, yeah, we did that. And so, 
I'm assuming the big reason y'all done that was because it would fix a lot of the issues you would have with the judges wandering off and leaving as it done, or I don't really know what the the, the know, real what all that was. the real reason was is that we sent out a survey and the rib team said that they wanted to go first. <laughs> well, we sent that year end survey out, and I think a lot of them think that the problems that we had were just because they went last. You know, I mean, a lot of the problems that we had, you know, with ribs being last. I mean, you know, several of them were, were weather related. There's nothing you can do about that. It wouldn't matter who was last. You know, lightning strikes, like, and yeah. y'all shutting the park down, tornado warnings. There's right. nothing you can do. With yeah, that. yeah, no, I can't do that, and it doesn't matter. And if it happens this year to ribs first i mean there's there's it just is what it is you know um honestly i I, i'm glad that we did i mean you as a rib team what did you think about it did you like it i mean i'm gonna be honest with you it i hated getting up and firing up a pit at four in the morning but once i was there and and not cooking in the heat of the day and it was calm and quiet that morning it was really nice out in the park that morning cooking ribs i mean because nobody was in the park clean up till you really got done wrapping and your ribs were coming off the cooker to rest yeah and so for me, as a, I'm more of a peaceful morning time, listen to the birds chirp kind of guy. Um, it was very nice, and I and me being a numbers guy, I felt like in the back of my mind that you probably had judges, you know, that judge multiple categories. Sometimes they overate or got too full or or dropped out or wandered away or never come back to the judges booth. You know, you throw so many equations into that mix that having 37 to 40 hog teams and then having y'all used to having what 120 rib teams 125 yeah and and like i said we're down to 79 this year so it won't be as bad but when you look at those numbers flopping at the first to me would make more sense but that's just me looking at numbers and numbers only yeah well you know like i mean i think honestly with it being our largest category moving it to first you know makes statistically the most sense anyway I think that was, you know, the, the, the biggest misconception about the whole thing, that, that the problems were, were all related to them. It was more related to the size and the number of scorecards. If we're late in announcing your finals, it's because we've got a key, you know, 390 scorecards plus all of the, you know, the, the, the blind cards and everything else. And, you know, there is there is some human error that, 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 that we don't have control over, you know, uh, uh We've had accountants that have uh, been keying our scores for the last few years. If they were slow, you know, that, that we're late. <laughs> so tell us how all that works. Once y'all get your scorecards back and all that, how does what you can tell us anyway? Yeah. Tell us how that actually works for a lot of people that don't understand. There's not somebody that works for Memphis MA that does the scoring. Y'all hire out a firm to come in that has no bias against anybody that don't know anything. Yeah, we are a, uh, we are truly a, a double blind and audited contest. Uh, we have an outside firm the past few years that had been KPMG. We had Watkins Uberall do it for us one year. We always try to get, uh, you know, a, an accounting firm to come in and audit the results of the contest, just like they do the Emmys, the Oscars, all of the big things. Because, you know, when you're giving away $25,000 grand prize money, you want to make sure those things are right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way it typically works is once uh, once they get done judging the blind scorecards at the blind table, we bring them in. They'll go ahead and start keying them in. When they get done with on-site, which, you know, that takes, you know, you know 15 minutes times three teams plus time for them to bring it back and all that good stuff. You're, you, you've had them out for an hour or so. I don't even get yeah. those cards back in for an hour, hour 15. So, you know, it'll be 12, 15 or so before we even start keying them. Then we have to key all those cards. Once those get done, that the we have two sets of computers where we key the, the results at the same time get done those both have to match if they don't match we have to find why they don't match 
So do you, does one person key in a set of cards and then those cards are handed to another computer down here and keyed yeah. in too? And if they don't match correct by two different people, it yeah. has to go back and be redone. Exactly. So we have, we have two teams of accountants, one at each computer. We, we work the cards around the room. The first set of accountants keys it. You have one person keying, one person watching them key it to make sure that the numbers on the screen match the numbers on the card. Then they hand it to the next team. They do the same thing. When we get done, everything has to match exactly. Wow. I didn't realize all that, that that yeah. much actually went into to yeah. all the judging and all that. That is – I mean, maybe we're overcomplicating things. I don't know. but that, that. I don't <laughs> think you are. I think you're – I think y'all are eliminating um, really a lot of the human error when you're going back yeah. and you're double-checking yourself and, yeah. and two different things are having to spit out the same thing to get the same result. And if they don't, then you're going – somebody's – Waving a flag, going, "Oh, something's wrong." When you got to yeah. recheck both of these, exactly. And then we have to go back in and find where the one, and it might be like somebody entered a nine point six five instead of a nine point six four somewhere or something like yeah. that, you know. And I mean, you're looking for one card, and that it's a needle and haystack thing, you know. Well, I have to ask this now that she brought it up. Have y'all ever caught yourself like that on on being different? Uh, well, yeah, man. Honestly, that happens every year. You know, it's not like it's a it's an odd thing for someone to, you know, fat finger a digit or something. That's yeah. why we have both of those teams double checking everything because yeah. like I said, human error. If if I'm the only one in the room key and, and I say, Oh, that's good. It's, it's, yeah. it's good. Right. You yeah, know, it's not necessarily good. That's why we <laughs> want to double check everything. So we've had that happen. And then we audit the final results as well. And, you know, before we even announced to you guys that you've made finals, we've already audited those results a couple of times and then sent the, you know, sent that out to you guys before you get notified. Oh, wow. And then we audit the whole results at the end of the day, two and three times. We put about eight sets of eyes on it after the accountants have looked at it. And, and I feel like there might be some people listening or watching for finals. Maybe you want to kind of clarify what that's like. I mean, some people yeah. may not know. Yeah, that's a good good point. So tell <laughs> yeah. us how finals actually work, okay. just for the people that don't know. You talked about the blind and the on-site at first. So say you're one of the lucky teams that gets in the top three in hog, shoulder, or rib. Tell us how that works from there. Okay, so if you are one of the lucky ones, uh, about an hour before time, you're going to get a letter from your ambassador or someone with the judging committee. Ambassadors are usually the ones that bring them over to you. Uh, it's going to say you made finals, and it's going to have a time on there. Uh, you need to be ready to go at that time. And you're going to do another presentation just like you did before, except this time there's going to be four judges all at one time. Um, you get to keep them the same amount of time. You're basically yeah. just telling them the same thing you told them before, you know, loosely, but most people t tend to step it up a little bit more for finals presentations than they do their yeah. prelims, you know. Um, but that's it. And then after that, they go to all nine teams, so top three in each category. And uh, then they go back, and then they have to rate them all one through nine in each of the five categories that we have. Uh, so, you know, taste. Texture, appearance, uh, then we have area and personal appearance, and then they rate your presentation, and then an overall impression score. Now, none of those numbers can be the same, so they all have to be different, and then that's how we rank them one through nine. Yep. Um, and then it spits it out just, you know, the one, two, three in each of the divisions after that, and then that's where we get our grand champion from. 
Now, I know y'all have added another number behind the decimal on the prelims. Is that same for the finals judges as well? Uh, it's it's not necessarily on the finals. Uh, the reason we added the second number was to eliminate ties. Um, as we had a lot of uh, an exorbitant amount of ties, and, and there's only so much the computer can do to tie break things. So we find ourselves flipping quarters too much. Because, uh, you know, in the end, when you run through every tie break that we have, uh, and it's still tied, and it's true tie, you know, same number of teams on the table, same strength of the entry, all, everything's the same. In the end, it does come down to a, a, a true quarter flip. Um, we tried to eliminate, you know, twenty-five grand being handed down on a quarter flip. Well, I'm sure that that, <laughs> that hadn't happened before. No, we've never had it. Like I said, we the finals is is unable to be tied that we didn't you cannot yeah. do it it's it just not physically possible you can have duplicates on three of the five markers on finals but after that everything else must be different yeah um the, so that's you'll never have a tie there but we were having so many ties in our ancillaries we thought if we added that second digit uh, it gives it an extra way it, two for a judge i look at it as a way for a judge to to if you've got two entries that are like really really good you know, they might get a 9.99 and a 9.98 or something like that. You know, it, 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 they don't deserve to be knocked down a whole tenth because, you know, you, you just have to. That's right. Um, so I, I think it's it's been advantageous for us as far as that goes, and I think it helps the judges, gives them an extra little, a little way to differentiate, you know, because that's really what it comes down to. Well, well, I have to ask, do you see any advantages in cooking a hog or a shoulder over a rib? And the reason I ask that is because we all know a rib has eluded this contest from winning a grand champion since, if I'm not mistaken, 2002. I believe you're about right. Yeah, it's it's been over 20 years since we've had a rib win Memphis in May. You know, man, I wish I could tell you why. <laughs> you know, that, like, I mean, not I'm not asking for anything, but I'm just wondering: is there, you know, just a personal opinion? I guess you know, you? as a personal opinion, uh, you know, I don't really think it matters what you cook. You know, I. You just got to be damn good. You got to be. You, you can't be anything less than perfect if you want to win Memphis in May. If you want to win any of these major barbecue contests, if you want to win the Royal, if you want to win the Jack, if you want to win any of the big ones, you have to be perfect. I mean, the, you can't leave it up to chance. And you know, I, I can't believe that we haven't had a rib nail it. I. I thought you had a shot last year, man. I, you know, I saw your name in finals, and I said, "Oh boy, th this might be the year." And I and I thought Mark West had it a couple of years ago. You know, what he final uh, three first three first in a row. You know, I thought he might have got it one of those years. I honestly, I don't think the judges. You got you got some that tend to you know they you know, they like rib. You know, you got some that like yeah. shoulder. You got some that like hog. There there is personal bias that you cannot remove from people's minds, no matter what you do. I agree. Um, you know me personally, I love to eat a rib, but I I'm gonna turn in a better shoulder at any contest that I'm gonna turn in a better rib. That's just me. That's just what I cook better. You know, but yeah. that's what I tend to. You know, but you know, I mean, you you know. You know how this goes. You've been doing this a long time. <laughs> I have been doing it a long time. And, I, and you know, when I was – when it really started alluding, you know, who hadn't won Memphis in May with a rib and who's made finals before and who didn't do it, I took it on as a personal challenge, and maybe I shouldn't. 
I, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, a tough pill to swallow. I it mean, really is. <laughs> and and I, t- I tell people, you know, you probably know me. I'm hard-headed as hell. If you tell me I can't do it, then look out. I'm coming. Oh, yeah, I'm the same way. I, I mean, I, I'm going to try. And, you know, bull, and, bullheaded anonymous. <laughs> and I was been very fortunate, knock on wood. I, I believe I walked the stage every year that I cooked a hog or a shoulder but one, and it was when I was sick year before last when I cooked shoulder or something. I had the diverticulitis spell down there and was real sick. But I, very fortunate, very blessed to have walked the stage that many years. Maybe it was a couple times I didn't walk it. Um, you know, and I, to be honest with you, I was not mature enough probably then to – to win that contest. I was not there. I felt like as a mature cook and as I practiced more and as I've learned more about the meat and got into the science end of it and really understanding the reactions that the meat is going to have from the temperature outside to the smoke chamber and how consistent you run your pit. And, and I dig deeper and deeper into all this about rest times and all that. I can tell you there's a difference between products yeah. about, you know, we were having a conversation before we started a podcast about holding ribs and or even a while ago about you know me not having enough rest time at South Haven you know and I knew the tenderness wasn't right I know what was wrong with it and it was kind of like you said you see my name on the scorecard last year when I made finals and I'm very blessed and lucky hope knock on wood I can try to do it again um, but those finals ribs were not the prelim ribs that I had I kind of got over excited final in Memphis in May didn't check those ribs in the cooler like I should have they should have been returned back on the pit. They should have been more tender. I mean, I didn't have the tenderness to win that contest, and I'm a firm believer that tenderness wins contests. A lot of people have very good balanced flavors and taste. You just got to make sure that's right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, the tenderness is, just was not there for me last year. And so attention to detail this year, I'll be on it like a well-old <laughs> sewing machine. You will not have to worry about it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, man, I, I think if you really want to win any of these contests, you, if, you're, if your attention to detail slips that day – you're going to suffer. Uh, I mean, you know, as, as long as you've been doing this, you know, 10 minutes can, can kill you or it can, it can make you win the whole thing, you know? Um, you know, as far as back to, you know, teams, not you know, rib, not winning. And I, I don't know. I hope we're going to get it eventually. I, I like to see parody in it. You know, I don't want to see the same faces on stage every year. I see the same faces on stage every year because they're good. They are, um, you know, and and people. Oh, I'd love to see somebody new get up there. Why, you know? I mean, keep practicing. You you're going to get up there. Those guys are up there because they've they've worked at this craft for a long time, and it's uh, and you know, every once in a while, you might just get dumb luck up there, you know, and it's going to happen, you know. Uh, somebody that doesn't necessarily deserve to get it might get it sometimes, you know. I think that's like that at any contest, though. But I I think that. Um, there isn't really much inherent bias towards one product. I think to me, and, and I've found this at most contests, I think it's really weather dependent. You know, I, I, I agree with I, you too. I, I, you know, I, I think if it's a, if it's a sweltering hot day and, and man, the judges can barely, you know, they got a fan on them everywhere they go. You, you know, your ribs got a lot better shot that day. You know, I think personally, you know, uh, side of that, I, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer for the wind changes and the barometric pressure drops too much in the middle of the night, however the night was and the wind, how cool it was. It depends on how that rib's going to cook the next morning. And nine times out of ten, if it's really breezy, that rib's going to get locked up or it's going to lock up a lot faster than it would on that hot day. And, you know, we're leading into Memphis in May, and as you know, I'm still in a hoodie here. You're in a long-sleeve yeah. shirt. What's we're up still, with that, right? We're still running, you know – 
upper 70s, and I think next week we're supposed to get in the low 80s. And some Memphis and Mays, you know, we were talking about it last night. We're running 95 and 100 degrees out there like last year. Yeah. Well, if you don't think this is fitting to throw everything off going back to an 80-degree day, I mean, I keep track of the temperature outside and everything else and timing. All that matters. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one who does that. Oh, no, Brandon. (laughs) There have been cold Memphis and Mays. Oh, oh, yeah. Chilly. A couple years ago, I I was working there. It snowed on me one night. You know, like legit got snow. This is Memphis, man. Come on. Are you kidding me? Well, it (laughs) seems like everything, the weather patterns are changing a little bit. And we talk about this with duck hunting like I do in Arkansas. It Mm -hmm. seems like the flyway has shifted. You know, used to, everything coming down from Canada, all the birds, and -hmm. and right on the flyway, right? Arkansas was just, just locked up with birds. And have we seen over the last 10 years, even with tornadoes, Everything is changing our way, and it's coming out of still tornadoes in Oklahoma yeah. and Arkansas, but we're seeing more in our area now than we ever have. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's got to do with weather patterns. I mean, have you noticed how much more like severe thunderstorms we've had just right here what? this year? I mean, th- this year has been exceptionally weird for the Memphis area. Like I said, I mean, dude, it's, it's, it's April, and we're sitting around all of us in hoodies. We, that's not normal for here. You know, normally I'm like – Get out of the way. I need shorts. You know, I'm opening the pool next week. You know, <laughs> I mean, oh well, yeah, that pools usually are open on May the first. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I, I'm still going to try to open mine. I guess my kid will be the only one dumb enough to get in it. But uh. open it, it'll just be cold. <laughs> yeah, just be cold. <laughs> well, I guess you know, Brandon. Is there any advice you would like to give any new teams out there that's going to be cooking Memphis in May for the first time, or maybe a team that? that didn't get selected, they cooked one time before then and might be back next year. Any advice, you know, on the contest? Oh, man, there's – I could write books on on um, the amount of advice that I could give you for the contest, you know. I think uh, the biggest key to that I can tell anyone is don't let the show fool you. You're still just cooking barbecue – you just got to tell somebody about it. And I know you tell your friends about it all the time because anybody that's ever cooked barbecue has always called their buddy and said, dude, you got to come eat this or whatever, you know. So it's not anything different, you know. Don't don't think because it is the world championship or whatever. Don't try to do stuff that's not in your wheelhouse. Don't try to pull out the new tricks. Don't, don't do anything that, that that's, you know, completely different than what you've always done. Just focus on what, you know, Know, not necessarily what got you there, but just focus on what you yeah. do, you know, and, and don't let the, the, the show factor, you know, intimidate you, which, you know, it's a lot easier said than done. That's a True. big stage. It's a big shining event, and there's so many great cooks there. And, you know, don't get starstruck when you, you know, my God, you might end up on a table against Heath or, or Myron or somebody like that. You can't let it. Well, I'm not no star, so let's back up there. Oh, come on, normal, buddy. You know, I'm just no, a normal dude. No, look, I, you know, I think a lot of people, they, they say, oh, if you're not on TV, you're not going to win the contest down there. I hear that all the time on social media. If you're not on this or you're not on this, you're not going to win down there. That's absolutely not true. I know it's not. Um, you know, cook a good product. Give a solid presentation, you know, be on time, do the basic, most basic things, and then don't get too drunk on Friday. I don't know what else to say besides that. It's a hard party down there. 
Take it's it easy. Party Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Party Thursday. Yeah, yeah, you party the beginning of the week. You get serious on Friday. I you saw know? in the packs this year they're being proactive. They had the IV nurses already in the Memphis and May packs. You can reserve your spot for your IV that you need. So we're serious about this around here, y'all. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Can you book me one for Thursday and Friday? I'm not even going to be drinking that much, but it don't never hurt to get those kind of hydration things. No, I ain't going to lie. I had her come through and do half of my team last year, you know, because our team, man, I, I, I want to commend them while I'm on here. And it being, was hot last year. It was, it was, it was we had, luckily last year we had air conditioning in the building. Thank you to whoever uh, at Memphis and May pulled the trigger <laughs> to not let us uh, suffocate in that hot building last year. Uh but, you know, we have such a great team that, that, that works with this. It's not just, you know, my wife and I that, that run judging. I mean, we got 60 people that work for us. we got a leadership team of about five or ten people who have been with us for the past ten years who are, who are dedicated to this. They put in a lot of work, Charlie and Mary and Tammy and – you know, I, I can keep, I can name them all, you know, uh, you know, Miss Rita, you know, a lot of these yeah. guys, Angela Denton, she does, she's working for us now. A lot of these guys, they do such good stuff for us. They, they are excited to be there every year. Um, but man, they needed an IV last year. I mean, you know, we're running all over that park. We don't sit down. Like I said, we have to deal with, you know, like I said, you know, you need to be hydrated quick. No, dude, it, it, it that is, that was, speaking of good advice. Yeah. Like, uh, beer, water. Beer water, you know, you know, mix it up a little bit. Stay hydrated. Don't don't let yourself take yourself out of the game. You know, I have a rule down there. Believe it or not, I don't drink on Friday. I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't drink on Saturday. I not mean, until, until it's over until with, it's right? all said and done and everything's over with. I'll have a few cocktails on Thursday, but I won't get yeah get loose or anything. It's business to me. Well, look, I mean, if you're really there to win the thing. Don't let nothing get in your way. I mean, that's on you, you know. I'll be at home by 5 o'clock on Friday sitting on my couch. Yeah, well, the shoulder and hog cooks are pissed at you for that. But aside of that, <laughs> right, you're good to go. Well, I can teach them how to cook hot and fast if they want to, or low and slow, and they, put it on and walk away. That's right. No, I tell you, man, it's uh, it, it's it's always an adventure down there. It's a, it's a great thing to, to be a part of. If you're new or coming into town, uh, enjoy what we got to offer here. It's a great, you know, we got a great city, you know, uh, lots of cool things to check out. Plus the contest is awesome. You never have to really leave Tom Lee if you don't want to, you know, you really don't. Uh, we're going to have a great time. If you're new, if you have any questions, like I said, uh, or new or old team, you can always reach out to us. We're available. You can reach out to us uh, through, through the judging email at Memphis in May. Uh, I'll answer your question. January 1st, just as much as I will on May the 1st. I got no problems with that. Uh, we're happy to answer anything for anybody. You know, we I feel calls all week long from different teams and, and things about, you know, can I put this in my box? Can I not put this in the box? You know, that's, you know, can I do this for ancillary? Is that okay? You know, can I do this? That, I bet you, know. you do get a lot of ancillary questions, right? It, yeah, I, I hardly get any questions about pork. You know, I mean, <laughs> like everybody pretty much knows what to do there. But yeah, no, I get I get a million questions about ancillary, and the, 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 they're all usually related. You know, uh, and it's it's all related to the fact that we don't allow non edible garnish in our boxes there. So you can't put anything on a skewer. You can't put anything on a, with a toothpick in it. You can't have bowls or cups or anything in your in your blind boxes. It, it's a food yeah. safety issue is why we've done that, 
if you can't eat it, you know, you can't put it in the box. But people call me and ask me all kinds of things. Like if I do oysters, can I put the shells in the box? Yeah, it's part of the entry, you know. Uh, you just try not to do things that don't belong. People's going to know not to eat the oyster shit. Right. It, 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 well, somebody <laughs> said I something hope. the other day, and I was like, I was like, if you'll eat it in front of me, if you'll bring it in the tr- in the tent and eat it in front of me, you can put it in the box. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, I, you know, like it, if you'll eat the two-by-four, you can put it in the box. <laughs> It'd probably be some hard-headed dude trying to chew the end of it. And that That's kind of the thing. That's the uh, – us barbecue folks are unique. And, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Brandon, is there anything else you'd like telling team? Tell us where we, can, where we can find you at and all that. You mentioned your email. Yeah, uh, it's uh, WCBCC Judging. Uh, at memphisandmay.org if you need to reach us out that way. Um, once you get into the park, if you're a team or whatever, uh, my phone number is posted in the book. I'm not going to put that out on the podcast. We'll flash it on the screen yeah, for all y'all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for all y'all who want to know. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, now you can reach out anytime. Uh, we're, we're available through that. Um, like I said, any team's got any issues or anything, uh, you know, I, if I don't know the answer, I'll put you in contact with who you need to be in contact with. Uh because, look, it, without the teams, we don't have contests. I try to make sure the teams are taken care of. And and me, as someone who cooks the rest of the year, I, I always lean towards making sure the teams are well taken care of because I'm a cook myself, you know. So I, I'm going to always err on the side of the cook if I can, you know, in any instance. And, I, you know, I try to be cook-centric as a judging coordinator and – I think that makes a big difference, you know. Uh, There's no doubt that makes a huge difference. I mean, because to me, a judge that does not know the other side of it, kind of like what you were saying about as a cook, needs to take a judging class. That's the same way to me that judge needs to go and understand what that team goes through. And maybe I think in KCBS they're still doing master judges, but if you judge so many contests, you have to go cook with the team to get a master qualification. I know you could never do that at Memphis. Don't get me uh, wrong. I, you know, uh, honestly, I wish we could. I wish we had a way to do Great that. Great concept. I, I would love to set up some sort of a, a, a training program or something like that, you know, to where, you, you know, you can go cook with a team at some point or go hang out with a team. Because I, I think if you see both sides of it, you really, you know, you, you're you're maybe less likely to murder them on that scorecard yeah. if you know what all they did to put in that box, you know, because, look, I mean, Anybody that comes to that contest has put a every bit of their heart and soul and a ton of money into it. Um, and I think that everyone deserves a fair shake. So to come down there and to be, you know, not ready to give it your all as a, as a competitor, as a judge, uh, you know, uh, me as an, or, you know, as an organizer or rep or whatever, if I'm not ready to give it a hundred percent that day, I, it's not the right thing. You know, you, you gotta be down there ready to go, you know? That's right. And you know, that's why I said, you know, we can't all do it ourselves. Y'all got big teams. We got big teams. You know, we're all taking off of work. I mean, I shut my catering company down for a couple of weeks to go do this every year, you know? Yeah. Luckily I got somebody holding down the fort this year. Thank you, Kalen. Uh, <laughs> so I, I got people that can hold it up for me before I can come down there and focus on you guys and make sure we put this thing on and uh, get it going in a couple of weeks, right? Well, that sounds good. Well, Brandon, thank you for coming on today and filling everybody in about Memphis in May. And I'm going to be honest, I thought I knew a lot of the inner workings of stuff, but I had no clue on a lot of the things you just told me. And it's pretty cool that y'all do a lot of those different things. So Again, thank you for coming on, explaining to everybody uh, everything. And uh, it's always good to shoot the cue with somebody. Absolutely. Cheers. Enjoy it, guys. Michelle, too. I know Michelle's doing a lot of work.
Uh, and, uh, hey, look, look, without my wife, this would not happen. Uh, she is the backbone of this thing. I'm just the one that comes out here and BSs with everybody. And, that sounds like around here. Yeah, you kind of know how this works. Y'all are works. real familiar with this relationship, right? Yeah, real familiar with it. Oh, Well, thank you, Brandon. Absolutely. Enjoyed it, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Cue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.